and we're live. Fantastic. Um, so, coffee and posture. Yeah. Christopher. Who doesn't love a coffee and, I guess, good posture is always something to aim for. Well, yeah, we constantly get told, don't we? Like, as posture, kids, posture, posture. Like, look up, stop yeah. slouching. Yeah. This must be important. Well, I don't know, because then as soon as you become an adult and you get a desk job, then it's just the norm. Who can slouch the best? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like the forward head position. Oof. Like, I think we might actually be influencing the sort of spinal development and evolution. So in a couple of years, like humans are going to be born a little bit more hunchback than they probably should be. Yeah. Constantly <laughs> checking out toes. Yeah. <laughs> and most people hate feet. So it's, it's a hilarious <laughs> position that humans are going to find themselves in. I hate feet, but I can't not look at them. I find that a really funny thing when someone says, I just hate the look of feet. Most people's feet are disgusting. Well, the, yes, there is a lot of disgusting feet in the world. But at the same time, when you see like a baby's foot, super cute, you're like, oh, it's a look at yeah, his feet. Yeah. <laughs> but then anything baby wise is really cute. Feet are weird because they've got like almost like fingers, but yeah. they're not quite fingers. But yeah. they, if you look at it for long enough, it looks like a finger. Yeah, true. And they're kind of small. Like feet are weird. Yeah. I did know someone once who, whose hand, their, their thumb looked like a big toe. I know someone that, that looks, yeah, yeah. I that, know someone that, who has that. It's it looked, really weird. It looked a little odd. It, it's super odd. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I know we shouldn't be criticizing people and no, like, we, we should. should be accepting of all, all shapes and sizes and stuff. Yes. But like, we've got weird stuff about us. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the big toe thumb, yeah. that's weird. Yeah. But Did, then does their big toe look like a thumb as much as their thumb looks like a big toe? Oh, that's a great, yeah, I should look. <laughs> Can, can, I see, can I see your foot? Please take yourself off. Yeah. yeah. Maybe the body someone, just got someone, it the wrong way around. Yeah, someone yeah. put you together incorrectly. Yeah, yeah. It could happen. Can. That... Did you ever see the, um, the marketing campaign that uh, Vibram did? So it was for their five-finger shoes. But it was because everyone criticised the five-toe thing. Yeah. And, and they, so what they did was... If you wear a normal shoe, does your foot look like this? Yeah. And so it was like an just the foot was just a big toe. <laughs> <laughs> I've not seen it, but I can imagine it. It looks so weird. Yeah, great, great take on the on the advertising. Good job by that marketing people. Yeah, that was very cool. Um, well, that was a diversion in topic very quickly. So, uh, what is the point of this podcast, Christopher? Um, I would like this podcast to spread a little bit of knowledge to some people that may have not heard a different side to health and fitness and well-being. Um, there is definitely a mass misinformation being spread throughout the fitness community, the health community, and I think just in general information where a lot of people are still running on information that was sort of, I guess, cutting edge in like the 60s and 70s, but even then it was wrong. Yes. And they're, they're still regurgitating that information. Um, and there's, there's, luckily, we know of some people that have spent a large majority of their life actually dedicated to the discovery of the correct information. Mm. And then once they found it, they started to distribute it. But the spread of their net is still quite small. 
So yes. I'd like to use this platform to, to spread some knowledge to help some people. Yeah, a little outreach. Yeah. A little simplicity. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think that's one of the uh, outstanding things for me that tells the difference between uh, being sold to and something just making sense is, is as much as that, is that when you're told something, your common sense filter kind of jiggles a little bit and says, <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Why was I not told that before? Or yeah. why was it not explained in that way? So there's a, mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a good chance we're not necessarily presenting radical new stuff. No. But perhaps a little bit of old age wisdom that's got lost. Yeah. And, and sometimes it just takes an ever so slight delivery in the message for someone else to actually get it, for it to click. For yes. It to- resonate makes sense yes so maybe, absolutely maybe it'll just actually take us to sat here having a good time yeah um for it to click with some more people than it has done before yes and i think also the the nature of what we want to do here in terms of a relatively short podcast mm. because as soon as you start looking for information um you know you, someone tells you about a really good podcast but it's two and a half hours long yeah, and you're kind of thinking, when am I going to get a chance to listen to that? Yeah, because right. you want to listen to the whole thing. You want to listen to the whole thing in one go, and so this idea of two chaps meeting uh, in a coffee shop that have sat down next to you, mm. uh, and you're kind of you're earwigging a little bit. You're yeah. hearing their conversation because some of what they're saying is quite interesting. Yeah, but at the same time, just long enough that it's not an issue. Like once the coffee is gone, then they're off we both love coffee so absolutely use that as a as a measure of time yes because a, a good coffee you only have a certain amount of time to enjoy it exactly there's there is a window yeah and a bit like the delivery of information there's a window for most people yes they either before they switch off or they just stop caring yes yeah if we wanted a long podcast i guess we could call it the cigar show because a cigar lasts several hours yeah Maybe people would listen to that. Maybe we could do an extra sideshow. <laughs> coffee and cigars. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, coffee and posture. Um, and it got uh, refreshed in my memory where the name came from. Um, and it turns out I came up with that several years ago when I had this wonderful idea of writing a book. And the book was, um, well, the idea of the book is that it is somewhat autobiographical. Mm-hmm as well as effectively doing what we're doing in this podcast, yep. which is trying to help people mm. simplistically. And here are some small changes that you can make on a regular basis that will actually, yeah, help you out. Add up. Yeah. yeah so that, really that was the title of my book, Coffee and Posture. Um, Have you started writing? I did, actually. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah I, cool. did, I did start with the intro uh, nice. part of it, which is the background, really. It's mm-hmm. like, who am I? What authority do I have to talk about these kind of topics? Yeah. Um, and I guess it would be worthwhile covering that in this little brief preview. Yeah. Hopefully, um, yeah, that, that sentence right there has sparked some interest in some people. Yeah. So, um, so obviously, well, not obviously, I work in the health and fitness industry. Mm-hmm. And I have done for 21 years now. Nice. Yeah, it's growing. That number is getting bigger and bigger. Um I always wanted to be a PT, mm-hmm. but the uh, inroad for that was either the police or the army. Right. And I'm not quite a 
response. I'm not very responsive to just get shouted at and follow orders. Yeah. yeah. I like a please and a thank you. And I'm not sure that works on in either of those uh, no. uh, atmospheres. <laughs> not so much. <laughs> well, so, maybe it would. Maybe we could revolutionize the army by having a please and a thank you. Oh really God. angry please and thank you. Yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah. Sarcastically <laughs> angry please yeah. and thank you. Yeah, maybe. Um, so hence, I did not want to go down that path and kind of trudged my way through the final years of school, not really knowing what I wanted to do for a living. Mm. But I knew what I wanted to do for a living. Um, so I quit A-levels halfway through, mm-hmm. um, worked a few jobs, one of which was uh, travelling out of London after a thankless day at work, and there was a very glamorous advert on the radio about changing your life, uh, you know, becoming a personal trainer, and you can change other people's lives, and mm. it's fantastic, and you should do this. And uh, so I got home and talked with my parents because I was still at home at the time and kind of said, if I don't have a go at changing my life's course, then I'll just be where I am now, which is actually, that's fine, but it's not great. So I'll I'll be there and I'll be like the guys I'm working with who are 10 years older than me and miserable Mm. and hate it when the wife phones. Yeah to tell them about the kids have done something wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But maybe I could be all right with that. But let's have a go at changing the, the course a little bit. Um, and so that's what I did. Went, went, and I took that course and it opened the door and I thought I was brilliant after that course. Um, and then you walked into the gym for the first time. And- no, no. So, you know, we, I did a diploma in fitness testing and sports therapy and it really built you up amazingly. Mm. Uh, and, and, yeah, even working in a gym, I still thought I was amazing. Are you not amazing? I, well, I'm pretty good now, okay. but, but retrospectively, because yeah, of yeah. everything I've learned since then. Yeah. And what really uh, kind of wiped the ego out of the window was I attended a weekend workshop on Swiss ball training. Okay. And the, the, the weird thing that you see in every gym that no one ever uses. Yeah, the thing you sit on at work. Yeah, in your I office. Yeah, I do. Yeah, stranger. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, so it was a weekend workshop. And that weekend workshop where it was just, yeah, we'll, we'll go along and see what this ball thing's all about, literally blew away everything that I'd previously done for the past, mm-hmm. I don't know how many years, working with clients. Like, oh, my God. Why? What was so different about it? Well, it was, again, it was just looking at consider how the human body actually moves mm-hmm. consider how you're currently training your clients mm-hmm. and are you enabling them to be better versions than themselves or are you just enabling them to be very strong in the machines that you're training them on yeah very kind of specific fitness yeah and arguably um yeah i was doing the specific fitness thing yeah not really actually enhancing people for their day-to-day life mm. and yeah, it was a great, it, obviously it was a great course, but it completely changed. Uh, it was a fork in the road moment. Yeah. Um, that, yeah, sort of sent me down a much more holistic, uh, natural way of mm. looking at people, treating people. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of why I'm here now. Cool. Yeah. Interesting. But, but what puts you over there? What, put, what puts me over here? Um I guess I've always had an interest in, in sport. Um, when I was younger, I, I played pretty much any, any sport I could get my hands on. Um, 
as I got a little bit older, I was lucky enough to be involved in some cycling, some um, competitive road cycling, a um, bit of a family sport. So I guess I was in an attempt to spend time with my dad when he wasn't traveling for work. He would normally go out for a bike ride on the weekend. So I then started tagging along because I was like, oh, I just want to spend time with my dad. Of course. Um, and then podcast cat has arrived <laughs> and then um, ended up sort of, I, I thought I was pretty good and um, got on got onto like a local team and raced locally for a bit um, and then had a pretty bad accident and I kind of reconsidered my options here and I was like, maybe this is not for me, but I'll keep up the sport thing. Yeah. I just won't pursue the professional cyclist thing. Okay. Um, Hang on, don't skim over the accident. What, what happened? So uh, in a race down the road in Hillingdon, uh, which is a closed circuit, we were coming into a downhill right-hand corner um, and the, the bunch just bunched <laughs> everyone just got a little bit closer and um some brakes were touched and stuff and i ended up my front wheel touched the back wheel of the guy in front of me yeah i went over the handlebars and effectively used my br- my face as a brake tidy um yeah um it was i cracked my helmet in half like it was it was a good accident it was my first proper accident and i mean if you're gonna do it do it properly yeah and i did um sort of like pulled bits of teeth out of my own mouth sort of thing it was it was pretty it was gruesome a cartoon moment yeah spitting teeth and very much oh so. god um, like, what, that's what nightmares are made of yeah absolutely um and i still remember i don't remember much of it i remember kind of i guess waking up and being like what has just happened and then just kind of being like i'm no longer riding my bike but i'm on the course maybe i should wander off and actually manage to get myself off the um race course for that when they came around again because it was a it was only like a, i think it was like a mile loop or something yeah they're going to come back around and i'm going to cause more accidents being on the road so that was kind of like <sighs> a, an instinct and i i managed to get off the um yeah get off the track and i think the first thing i said for i think the only thing sorry the only thing i said for about four hours was um mom my teeth because oh. she was there um, and she came running over. Yeah. She knew I was in an accident before she'd even seen me. Yeah. Mother's instinct. Yeah. yeah. Um, and yeah, I was just really upset because I had braces when I was a little bit younger and sort of all that years of pain and stuff. And then to instantly, I guess, lose them on some tarmac. Um, <laughs> it's pretty good. Um, I still, I actually remember um, one of my teammates was at the race. And after the race had finished, a couple of people had um, ridden past just to kind of check out what was going on. Yeah. Um, and I think I asked a couple of them, like, how bad is it? Because I, I hadn't seen, like, no one had given me a mirror or anything. Sure. Um, there was quite a lot of blood. So I was a bit like, gotta, it's got to be a little bit bad. Yeah. Um, and then my teammate comes over and I ask him and he's like, yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I appreciated the honesty. Yeah. Um, actually, because it, it set my mind at ease because then I was a bit like, okay, it's bad. Yeah. I, I know it is. I can deal with that. Like, that's fine. Okay. Um, three days later, found myself in an operating theater they put me under general anesthetic to clean out the wounds properly get all the bits of stone and stuff out. road yeah basically take a scrubbing brush to them um, (laughs) which was fun and then about i think eight months after that i had some cosmetic surgery done to reduce the size of the scarring yeah more than anything um yeah just around the lip area wow Um, not a great place to have scarring no um but that was years ago yeah i was gonna say how yeah. old were you when about happened? 19 yeah 18 okay 18 19 mm. so yeah it's been a while mm, i've learned to live with some scars which has been an interesting journey 
you don't you don't earn your you don't get your stripes easy no you don't oh yeah it definitely taught me a lot um and then from there it was just that thing of like what am i going to do next so i went off to college to go study sport and exercise science um which was good i passed that which is also very good and then went off to uni but decided it wasn't for me ended up working in a bike shop because i still like bikes today i still ride bikes yes um, just not competitively yeah um and then after the bike shop started doing these odd jobs and then actually got a got a job in the sports clinic where um you still work and lucky enough to know the owner i did my work experience there while i was at college and that's where we first met gotcha and then i guess being around people in a sports clinic yes they're open to the idea of more than just bodybuilding yes so that was kind of my first introduction to okay cool what is what is health because although you can learn it from a textbook it's actually really interesting to have a discussion with an acupuncturist yeah or someone who doesn't do a normal normal um a mainstream type of treatment yes so um a holistic um anything yeah. holistic and, slightly more esoteric yeah kind that of sort operating. of thing. um and then i i guess i was lucky enough to run into you um <sighs> it took a little while to either figure out if you just didn't like people <laughs> or if that was just how you went about it would be being. A, it would be a strange job to be in if i didn't like people it would be but that's why i was like why does this dude always seem so grumpy? <laughs> but then you weren't like every time you were with a client, you were awesome. Like you were so like happy and bubbly and stuff. And I was like, okay, maybe it's not, it's not the people thing. It's just maybe that's actually just him switching off in between clients. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then we, we ended up starting to talk. Um, not, not a lot goes on in a sports clinic. Like when you're not doing stuff. Yeah. There can um, be some, some, the downtime can yeah. be very down. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Um, and when we've kind of practiced this podcast, uh, I didn't, I didn't really, I wasn't aware of our intro story. I quite like the intro story now because <laughs> it came as a bit of a shock Yeah, because I didn't really remember it. Um, so why don't you give, give us the, uh, the, the first time we ever met. Yeah. The first time. Um, so that would have been work. I was on work experience for the week at the clinic. I was mainly covering the chiropractor. Um, so the, the guy who owns the clinic, Steve, um, but then there was a GB athlete that um, was coming in for, I guess, a regular appointment. And it was chiropractic. No, it was sports massage and then chiropractic um, treatment. And he was probably the only client that the owner felt would be open to the idea of like someone being in the, in the massage yeah, room at the same uh, time. Observing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the guy was up for it, which was great. You were up for it. And yes. um, that would have been my first introduction to Stu. Which I don't remember. Yeah, but I mean, I did just quietly sit there um, and kind of, yeah, what, what goes on in a sports massage? I'd never had one before, um, never, yeah, never witnessed one, never really spoken to anyone about what they, what they are, why, why you get them, that sort of thing. Yes. Um, but yeah, what a, what a sports massage to be introduced to, because not only are you being introduced to something new, but you're, the participant in that is of such a sort of athletic level that maybe they appreciate it more than like the normal person. Oh uh, yeah, true. Because for them, it, the benefits are much more noticeable. Yeah. Because obviously they're, they're basing their actual performance. Yes. On some metrics. Yes. So they can actually maybe see like on oh, a couple of days leading up to my massage, my times are maybe slowing down a little bit. A couple of days after my massage, I'm starting to speed up again. Yeah. Yeah. They appreciate it on, on more levels intellectually. Yeah. Yeah. as well as the, the physical side of it. But even on the physical side of it, 
they appreciate it intellectually. Yeah, they do. Truly know what's what's happening, what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, he was cool. He was a he was a really nice guy actually. Just, yes. He was just a really nice guy. Yeah, he an endurance <laughs> runner, so he would run ultra marathons. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. Just catch a bus. Or ride a bike. <laughs> ride a bike. That's why you ride a bike. Yeah. Um and that yeah, that's kind of how we first met. And then I guess it, it went on a little bit further from that. So uh, one day I was washing the cars. Uh, I say cars plural because um, still living at home. So every now and again, if I'm washing car my car, then if there's time in the day, I'll I'll wash other people's cars as well because it's just nice to do. Good thing. Um, and I like it. I like the mundaneness of washing a car because it lets your mind escape to places that I guess you wouldn't normally go. Yeah, a menial task. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was brilliant. And I was just kind of thinking, like, what do I want to do? Like, how how can I make an impact to some people and help some people? And I, I kind of came up with the idea of I want to start a gym. Mm. I want to, I want to, yeah, I want to start a gym. I want to open one. Um, and I didn't actually really think too much about it. And I, I kind of went to work the next day and pretty much walked straight up to you and I was like, "You want to open a gym?" Yeah. And you basically instantly turned around and you were like, "Yes." And at that moment, I was there was so much panic because I was like, "Oh crap!" Like, <laughs> this dude's actually signed up for it. Like, I need to do some work now. Yeah. Because someone signed up to this. Yes. It's not a case of like. One day, do you think maybe you'd open a gym? It was like, you want to open a gym? Yeah. And I was like, ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, I do remember the question. So my memory isn't completely shot. <laughs> <laughs> and I do remember the question. And I, I remember kind of going, well, that's not quite a black and white question. Mm. But in the black and white answer, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's do it. Well, I needed to know you again before even yeah. talking to you about any more. For sure. Um, and then, then came that whole thing of, what does a gym actually need to look like? Look like? Yes. Be called a gym. Yes. Because at the moment, I think a lot of facilities are bodybuilding facilities. They're not necessarily gyms. They are catered to make people aesthetically pleasing, but not necessarily functionally performing. No. And, and even now, if you go into most gyms, and obviously we're kind of, popping them all into a, a basket, categorising yeah, them. Yeah, unfairly, yeah. Yeah. We are. You know, if you're lucky enough that the gym has a functional zone, mm. it is just that. It's just a zone. Yeah. The rest of the, the space is still lots of machines, yeah. cardiovascular equipment. Yeah. You know, it, the space is taken up by equipment. The space should be there for people to move through. Yeah. The problem there is, is that in order to teach people to move properly, you actually have to have people to teach the mm. stuff. Mm. And that requires money. Yeah, it does. People don't work for free. No, they don't. Um, but yeah, <laughs> gyms are places of fitness, but they're not necessarily places of health. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I've personally, I've had the experience, but also with clients as well, where they would express how they feel like they're getting stronger on a given mm. piece of equipment, mm. but then they don't feel stronger out of the mm. gym, normal life, mm. which is a bit shocking, quite frankly. Yeah. Yeah, it is. But I think the, the problem also goes a little bit into the training of new PTs. So to become a qualified PT in the UK, you need to do um, a level three, I think it's an MVQ in um, personal training. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a level three qualification i don't know who the exam board are but you need to once you complete that you can do it in like six weeks yeah um you are therefore then a qualified 
PT. I think you can even do it online now. Yeah, you can. Like, entirely. Yeah, I think you can. Which is radical. Um, but I've, I've explored it. I've, I've looked into it. I've looked at the course material and stuff, and everything is designed around bodybuilding. Yeah. Not necessarily actually how does a human body function? How do, how do we move? What, what does that joint do? Why does it do it? Yes. The, the anatomy side of the course is pretty low. Yeah. Yeah, and I, you can obviously, you can, you can move into those kind of functional realms after that initial qualification, mm. which is so backwards, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Like, let's figure out how the human body moves and works mm. and what, what makes it do those things better. Mm. Before then, let's train like a bodybuilder. Yep. And I'm not insulting bodybuilders because uh, I've been down that path. Yeah. Um, and what's wrong with a bigger bicep? Yeah. Or no neck. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love those days. <laughs> yeah, no, there's, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah. I think, I think. But yeah. it's a poor foundation. It is. You, you need to yeah. give people a proper foundation of movement. Mm. And, and base strength and conditioning mm. before then kind of throwing all that other stuff on top. Mm. Teach people how to move and they'll, they'll thank you for it. They'll be able to go through their life mm. uh, resisting the aging process. Yeah. Which is what we want, right? Yeah. But then I guess so much of our Western culture is designed around comfort. And if anything, that's actually accelerating the aging process yes yes we spent masses amount uh, of money on kind of researching how to make ourselves comfortable in uncomfortable positions yeah yeah like as we so, are both sat right yeah, now yeah, this is are. not natural no it's not a natural well, place to, to it's, rest it's not unnatural it's just the duration the amount of time you would spend in this position has become unnatural yes like you most people spend most of their time at an, at a desk yeah, and then they get home and then they spend most of their time probably in front of a TV. Yeah. So you're like the majority of your time is in a position that was not designed to be in for probably more than 15 minutes at a time. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then no one wants to sit on the floor. But <laughs> <laughs> not so much. <laughs> no, no, and because we're civilized. Yeah. And the floor is for children and stuff. But, but yes, but, but yeah, that that could solve a lot of problems right there. Just it, sitting on the floor a little bit, even it, if it's like fifteen minutes a day, just get down, yeah, sit for a bit, yeah, and then get back up again. Yeah, um, saw a brilliant clip the other day of um, an elderly lady, and, and I use the term quite loosely because she was she was only kind of fifty six, mm -hmm. but clearly she had spent a lot of time. Mm not looking after her body. Yeah. So when I say elderly, physically, she yeah. was much older than her years. Yeah. But she's taken up parkour. Really? Yeah. That's amazing. Amazing. And the transformation in her ability to move. Yeah. Just outstanding. And, and it was really interesting because, you know, they were saying simple things like, you know, as we get older, we fear the ground. Mm. Yeah. And we don't get down to it or roll on it yeah, or, yeah. you know, crawl across it. Mm. It was great. You know, her, you know in, in I think like 18 months, her transformation was just outstanding. That's amazing. She was properly rolling across walls and yeah, yeah. hanging onto stuff. And yeah, she didn't have the agility of an 18-year-old. Yeah. But you could still she, do was, it. she was, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's amazing. I wonder yeah. if she documented the process. 
to kind of say these are the exercises I started with mm. to kind of build up some mm. some strength because if all of a sudden you go dropping from even half a story yes and you haven't dropped like the ankle yeah it's just not used to taking that much load boom blown out yeah 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 that's really cool it's really cool but that's what we you know if if we get around to the gym thing when mm. we get around to the when gym we thing, get around because it, i think thing. it is a done done deal it's just uh we're in the timeline yeah it's not gonna look like most gyms no people will walk in and be like where's all the stuff yeah where's and all we'll your like, equipment it's right there like yeah. it's all in front let me show you a mirror yeah. and i'll show you the best piece of equipment you're ever going to see or need yeah and let's just figure out how to use that thing yeah oh but i've got a dodgy hip and a, yeah no that's cool yeah, yeah. Like, but we'll work around it yeah like, see if we can make it better and not worse that's the aim <laughs> it's the aim yeah yeah and i guess weirdly we'd actually be trying to instill knowledge into people Yes. Rather than saying, you need to come back to this facility yeah. to do what you need to do. It's actually that thing of like, you don't, you don't need us. Yeah. Like you need it. We'd like you to need us initially so yes. that you pay us some money. And, exactly. And stuff. But yep. the idea is to actually share the knowledge, yeah. not hold on to it and yeah. say, oh no, you can only do this if you have that machine. Yeah. And be like, nah, you just need a towel. Yeah. I was talking with, with uh, one of my massage clients um, the other day and she was saying she hired a PT for a period of time. Mm -hmm. Um, but had decided um, it was time for it to stop. And two reasons she gave. One was how much she'd learnt. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And also the cost. Yeah. Good. You've spent good, solid money on someone who's taught you valuable lessons mm. that you will now implement and go mm -hmm. away with. Yeah. And, and now you have someone that, if you think, I need to learn some new stuff again. Go back. Go back to that yeah. person, spend the money. Yeah. Because yeah, your return on investment is massive. Yes. Instantly paid yep. off. Yep. And then also, I guess, if any of her friends are like, oh, what did you do? Like, you, you look amazing or like you're moving different. Or, yes. Then she'd be like, oh, go see this guy yeah. or this girl. Yeah. They're going to they're yeah. teach you stuff. Yeah. You, but you've got to go there willing to learn. Yeah. They can't do it for you. They can show you how to do these things. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe a lot of, I guess, gym-based PTs the whole thing is like get you back hook you keep you keep you there yeah i mean it's that classic line of rent a friend yeah yeah rent a friend um but the problem there is as a as a trainer if you fall if you end up being in that category of mm. rent a friend you're potentially um prostituting yourself yeah because you're not truly serving mm. you're not adding a massive amount of value to people mm. and yeah you know maybe they do need a friend but it's a yeah it's an interesting um relationship mm. definitely cool i think that was that's quite nice that that preview is better than the last one we recorded oh, yeah i think from a content i think we ticked ticked a few boxes 